Time, the Sports Talker, presented by Allen Electric. Here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We are live at Valley View Golf Course, and it is an absolutely beautiful course uh, and a beautiful day here in southern Indiana and New Albany. And Valley View now open to the public. You don't have to be a member uh, they've done a lot of work out here. They've renovated a lot of things. There's new patio furniture. The the dining hall is new and improved. And the course itself, uh, we're not quite out in the middle of the course on the 15th like we were yesterday. Uh, but we are right next to the clubhouse and kind of have a view of at least four or five holes. And it looks like it's in great shape. Uh, so happy to be out here. Joined by Trevor. Uh, with Trevor, as always, how are you? I'm a little disappointed we might not get dirty looks for her bothering someone in their backswing today uh but uh, still yes you're right that I mean on the patio overlooking a couple of the holes here valley view this is my second time out here your first time and i mean it was it looked nice when they had just started the reopening when I, we were here last time and it's taken i mean it, that was just less than i guess maybe even less than a month ago and it's made i mean mild strides even farther looking even nicer this time yeah it looks beautiful some- and there's are some whispers that after my show i'm going to get out here and get Ooh, to play it I, you want me on your team I, well, no, no. And, and here's the thing. Actually, I kind of forgot. I was going to maybe periscope this entire show so people could see just how goofy it is behind the scenes and not just talking voices uh, on the radio. But so, so we, we, we try to do the periscope and do the drive competition during one of the breaks yesterday, uh, but they were, there were some people playing and we weren't able to do it. But after, after my radio show, uh, so and, and this, this made it. me end up getting stuck in traffic, spending an extra 15, 20 minutes hanging around doing this drive competition. Why don't you tell me, uh, why don't you tell me what happened? Uh, you did win the drive competition. It was closer than it may have seemed. Uh, but, uh, after a couple swings, I finally did connect and I sent it a good 10, 15 feet to the left. And that includes a roll. Then, uh, then the 10 to 15 feet. Then everybody shoot, then, listening. Then over here next to me, shooter McGavin steps up to the tee, like, and then, Puts on, puts on his yellow jacket and nails it nails it to the point where I think it's just now landing at this right now in the seventeenth hole of that golf course. I'm a compared to my friends. You sandbagged I, me. You ever seen the movie The Super? That's what you did to me. You you hustled me. It, it com- compared to my friends, I'm kind of the bottom of the barrel, but oh, wow. I, I still think I'm an okay golfer, and that's the reason that I like playing is because I play with them and just uh, they 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 beat me very badly every time, so kind of motivates me to get a little bit better. Uh, but I'm really not all that bad. And, again, there is a chance that maybe I'm going to get to play out here today. Uh, we've got a fun show for you as we're sitting out. And we're, we're under a tent, so it's not too hot. We've got a nice breeze coming from the southern Indiana foothills. Now, we'll take you out on some putt-putt. You know, watch out, man. I, you, we, get to that, we get to that windmill, you're asking you, mine. You can ask Hannah about some <laughs> putt-putt. They had a putt-putt course on the cruise, and it got ugly. Well, that'd be awesome, actually. It got, it got ugly. You keep telling me cruise stories. You make me want to go on a cruise. Yeah, except for the sunburn, which I got a little red on my face. I got home last night and uh, was pointed out that my face was a nice little cardinal red going on. And the sunburn was terrible, <laughs> and the the skin bubbling and, and everything. So, oh, man, uh, but we do have a fun show. So yeah. a, a few of the things that we're going to do today, we're going to talk VJ King, who announced that he would commit to Louisville. Kentucky was on the short list. It, it seemed to be down to Kentucky, UConn and Louisville. Is that would that be what maybe the second recruit Louisville was? possibly one over Kentucky on the short list of recruits. 
Who would be the other one? I wouldn't. Was didn't Bohannon have possibly Shane Bohannon? He had Kentucky, I believe. He on did. Short list. He did. Uh, when he was visiting Louisville, Kentucky actually offered him on the visit, and that actually put a lot of pressure on Kyle Wilcher at the time to commit, and he never visited Kentucky. So really, uh, that's didn't stay people, long either. <laughs> people think that they offered Bohannon to pressure Wilcher to commit when he did. Uh, so that's why they did it. But I also do know Kentucky staff did like Bahanna and the player that he was at the time. Uh, so, yeah, you could say that. I want to think, you know, blank me the first time around. I guess ultimately that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't really amount to much. No, no, Man, really. I imagine there has to be some other I players. Mean, I'm sure there's somebody that Kentucky and Louisville's on the same list among probably 12 other schools. But I, I'm keeping it to where it's, a, like you said, a short list where a B.J. King's list, I believe, was Kentucky, Louisville, and UConn, if I'm not mistaken. And he chose Louisville over the three. And then Bahannon was the same similar situation where Kentucky and Louisville were amongst just a, a very handful of schools left on his list. I, there's not many. They're few and far between. I mean, Louisville, Kentucky obviously has had the upper hand, and, and still, you know, I like to be the pessimist. I'm not the, the guy that you describe as, you know, I'm not going to say anything until I see him in a uniform. But when it, Antonio Blakeney comes to mind in any other situation, I want to be excited, and Louisville fans should be excited that they just signed a 2016 recruit. But, listen, in, in, you burn me once, okay, burn me three times, burn me 12 times. Let's see a name on letter of intent. And I want an LOI before I start getting pumped up completely 100% B.J. King uh, mode. That's what one of my Louisville friends said in our group message. And, and I said, well, that's going to – he said, I'm not going to celebrate till he gets on campus. And I said, that's going to be an oddly timed celebration. He's going <laughs> to start yelling in the middle of June next year. Oh, uh, hey. but, but I understand the, the sentiment there. B.J. King, now things can happen. Yeah, uh, you know, if a guy decommits, it's not necessarily a reflection on his character. Sometimes it's just you make a mistake. I think this commitment will hold. I know VJ, and I, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm fairly close to his dad in terms of how recruiting relationships with uh, reporters and, and media members or, or media members and, and parents can go. So I'm pretty close to him. I think they're pretty happy with this commitment. I think when they they've always kind of liked Louisville, his former coach at his high school is now an assistant coach. At Louisville, I'm pretty sure it's Kenny Johnson. Yes, yeah, who was his head uh, So, so they've yeah. got a good relationship, and I think this commitment is going to hold. Uh, here's the big question. I, I tweeted out kind of the, uh, the the outline of the show today, like I do every day, uh, and immediately a Kentucky fan had tweeted me and, and asked, or had said that he didn't have an offer. And then Captain Artic tweets in and asks, did King have a U.K. offer? For some reason, it's running around certain blogs and, and other uh, reporters are saying that King did not have a UK offer, and that comes out of nowhere. Now, nowhere. Is, that kid has had a UK offer for a long time. Is that the under, long time? Is that the, the the Kentucky fan base that you don't want to claim sometimes? Just that, just trying to be like, oh well, Louisville got him. That's because we didn't offer him. If we'd offered him, you wouldn't have got him. Type back. Yes and no. I, I know yes and not, no. I don't mean to stereotype every Kentucky fan. There is group, but there is that. There type is of. there there is that portion of the fan base that is going to do that for any recruit they miss. Kentucky didn't want him. We didn't offer him. He never visited Kentucky. That shows that he wasn't a priority. Yeah. Uh, there is part of that, but also it's it's probably just some UK fans that are trusting this reporter and trusting you know some websites that really aren't in the know when it comes to this sort of thing. BJ King had an offer from Kentucky. Now that being said. Kentucky has other priorities at that position above B.J. King. Uh, Louisville and UConn were showing a lot more attention to King than Kentucky was. Now, that doesn't mean Kentucky didn't want him, but that mean, that also probably means Kentucky wasn't pushing for a commitment right now and then, and maybe B.J. felt more love other places. King's also, I mean, Kentucky's also been a lot more patient. They don't, they don't put the, no, they the heavy don't. horses in until it's almost last minute, it seems to me. Well, they – not that they're waiting they're, the last they're, minute. They're but starting to change their strategy a little bit, but what yeah. John Calipari generally does is, I, I've said this before on the show, is he's got option A, 
and option A is who he wants. He's not even going to look at anybody else. He usually doesn't even offer anybody else. He got burnt this past year. So now he's offering a lot more people. Yeah. Now I still think he wants the majority of those people. He's not going to – I don't think he's ever one to pressure somebody in a commitment. I just don't think his style – He's he, he thinks very highly of himself, and he probably thinks he doesn't have to do that sort of thing, uh, which is fine. And, and I know some kids actually do appreciate that. Uh, but he also just thinks, okay, we've shown them, we've told them what we have to offer. They can go and check out every other school, be recruited by every other school. When it comes down to it, they're going to have to compare that to Kentucky, and we should be able to win out on that. Uh, we're not going to pressure kids. We're not going to make them feel like they have to commit right then and there. Uh, and other schools do that. Uh, but sometimes it does hurt you, and it hurts you maybe with B.J. King. B.J. King would be a very – for Kentucky fans saying we didn't want him, Kentucky didn't want him, they wanted him. They might have not put as much emphasis on him because there's, you know, they're still recruiting Jason Tatum, who's maybe debatably the best player in the class and debatably going to be the number one pick in the draft in 2017. Kentucky's probably not going to get him, unfortunately, but they play the same position. So – uh, and if you're Cal, I mean, you saw, you, you've seen it when we had this debate with the platoon argument, and I'm, we're not get into that right now, but is, is, especially if you go back and you listen to like that, damn, that DP interview, that Dan Patrick interview, where he talked about he didn't expect those same people, like the Harrison Twins stuff, to come back and recruit it as if he was bringing in a whole new team. If you start recruiting, a, even in 2016, that, a far, that far ahead, you don't, you don't want to get stuck in that same situation where you don't have to, not to use the platoon term, but you have so many players where they're not getting the minutes and you get the year after like this year where you Kentucky's kind of like, okay, some people are spurning us a, a little bit because we didn't give all the minutes to the main stars. Yeah. We don't get caught in getting a recruit coming in a year and a half ahead of time and then find out, oh, maybe Briscoe, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be any good, but Briscoe may be declined and that may not didn't turn out to be as solid as he is and decides to come back and we get stuck with an egg, not stuck, but we have, we, we get kind of a log jam again like yeah. we did this year. Not that it was a bad that you're having that much talent. You went 38 and one, but you know it still it, it seemed to just has affected Kentucky recruiting this year a little bit. And, and we have somebody else tweet in that said that their parents are out there. No, they're not. Come on, man. Their parents are know. out there. Yeah, just that. Yeah, come on, guys. If you <laughs> you can't always believe what you read, and and that kind of maybe goes against me because you can't always believe what you hear. But trust me on this. I have talked. I, 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 Trevor, I can show you the text messages. From VJ King's dad that we had today. I mean, what it, does it's, VJ stand for, by the way? Uh, his Victor dad's Jr. name, Vincent. Vincent. Okay. Vincent. Vincent King is his father, uh, and a great guy. Been nothing but a pleasure to work with. And Captain Arctic kind of wants it put out there that it was John Rothstein from CBS that was saying that he didn't have an offer. And I'm not. Have I ever gone on the show and ripped a media member or done something like that? Not particularly. No. no. And I'm not going to. He does a good job. I, I'm not going to do that now. But first off, try, when it comes to UK recruiting, trust somebody else besides John Rothstein. And Rothstein does how much does he? he I don't. He doesn't do much recruiting. recruiting at all. Yeah. And, and for all I know, he might have texted Matt Jones because he just did show, Jones show <laughs> the other day. Maybe he just texted Matt Jones and asked if he did. Matt's on vacation and probably has other things to worry about. I, I, I'm serious. When it comes to recruiting news, do not trust John Rothstein. I remember one time back in the day. This was back when I was a student in UK. So this seems like forever ago. I say not uh, trust, but don't take it. Just take it with a grain of salt. Really. Yeah, yeah, and maybe, again, trust some other people that cover it on a daily basis, uh, like myself, but also even um, Ben Roberts from Election Herald-Leader does a, a fantastic job as well. But here, a funny John Rothstein story, and this is really my only interaction with him. This was back when I was a student. I remember it specifically. I was in, oh, what was it? It was, a, it was like a biology class. Basically, your biology 101, but it had a different name. And this was, I think, my sophomore, maybe. Yeah, it had to be my sophomore year. 
101 class in your software? Come on, what do you mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, trust me, there's plenty of electives that you had to get My out of the way before, was zero I, level classes. Be, before <laughs> I could jump in the, uh, the the journalism routes. But So I'm sitting there in class and, and on Twitter like I was in all my classes, paying attention to everything but what was being taught. And John Rothstein follows me. And I, you know, I thought it was cool. Ooh, but back then, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. There. He wasn't as big either. Not that I'm big now, but uh, he certainly is. He's on TV. He does. He, he's great when he's talking college basketball. I don't know so much about recruiting though. And he's following me, and, and he sends me a direct message asking if I had heard anything about Ennis Cantor because this was kind of when that stuff was going on. Yeah, maybe and, and I said, "Wow, this is cool," because he had known that I guess write for rivals, but I didn't have any influence back then. Not that I even do now, but I, I had no idea. And I said, "No, I haven't. If I hear anything, I'll let you know." Uh, so then it was like a week later, I was sitting in the same class and I, I just thought about it. I direct messaged him. I was like, have you heard anything on Cantor? And he said, yes, I have. I can't report it yet, but he's going to be a hundred percent good to go. UK fans don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> sure enough. It was like a day later. He was declared academically it, ineligible. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, or not academically, but I guess ineligible because of impermissible benefits, but it literally was a day later. And I said, what, what happened? He unfollowed me, and I could never direct message him again. <laughs> he unfollowed, he unfollowed me. He unfollowed wow. me. Wow. Uh, that was kind of cold-blooded, actually. It, I, man, I say, it almost I, I makes think, me think that he was, like, setting me up. I think we should get John Rusty on the show one day this week and, and, and ask him about Talk, that. He wouldn't remember it. Well, he wouldn't. He, 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 he wouldn't remember it. But you know, I'd be I'm more than happy to. Contact info. I'll get a hold of him, and we'll see if we can uh, get him on the show here. But again, for the one thousandth time, UK had uh, sent out an offer to BJ King. Now, uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He had an offer from Kentucky. Now, again, he was not UK's top target. Yeah. I would say it's safe to say he was probably Louisville's, at least at this time. Now they, And it's so big. It is so huge to be able to get a commitment like this this early on uh, and be able to just now focus on other parts of your class and let those members, it's, it's just like UK football, but let those other members of the 2016 recruiting class say, oh, you've already got a five-star there at another position? Okay, that's something I could be a part of. That's something I could – jump on board with so it's really big and beneficial for louisville a uh, quick summary of his game i know the kentucky fans listening probably don't care at this point but uh well you still he, might get him eventually you never know <laughs> very long he's athletic he kind of reminds me of a, a, a patino player he's got a really good frame too he's not he's not lanky he's he's got a good build on him. he's muscular he's only going to get stronger he's got a uh, seven one seven foot wingspan yeah, I think i'm, I read. I'm sure it's probably around that uh, he he is a decent scorer. He needs to obviously improve on his jump shot. Everybody does, uh, yeah. but I, I think he's really going to make a, def- a a difference on the defensive end. Also, can put it on the floor a little bit. Good around the rim. Also, good at those second chance opportunities. And he's got a good attitude, good work ethic. So I think Louisville fans if, are really going to like. If you were going to compare him to a, uh, a a college player or someone currently playing recently in college or in the NBA in the last year or two, who would you? best describe him as i've i've seen nothing but a random mixtape here and there and you know I've, you know me from me i don't trust mixtapes one bit you know off the top of my head i probably need more time to actually think about this but kind of reminds me of maybe a slightly better offensive troy williams okay from indiana a, from indiana yeah. maybe along those lines kind of the same style of play and uh same same sort of build very athletic very athletic yeah. very I mean, athletic. Troy williams can jump over me probably standing from a standstill jump up and uh, it, it had seemed like V.J. King was leaning Louisville ever since, really. Uh, I spoke with him at the Nike UIBL in Lexington. 
it was a, a horde of Kentucky reporters, a few Louisville reporters as well. And, and everybody was kind of asking him his UK questions. And he's so much shorter on his UK questions than he was on his kind answers than his Louisville answer. ones. Yeah. And he talked about his visits. And at that time, he was like, the only one I've, the only one I've scheduled now is Louisville. And we said, are you gonna? You're in Lexington now. Are you gonna make it over to UK just for a short amount of time? Maybe check out the campus. He said, I'm not gonna have time, which is understandable because they they play games nonstop during those Nike EYBL weekends. Uh, and I said, what well, do you have a do you have a visit planned to Kentucky? Are you are you trying to plan one? He said, I don't know, maybe. But right now we just have the Louisville visit. Sometimes kids will tip their hat a little bit in certain situations like that. And in this case, he did. Uh, and Clay B116 said, did you get confirmation from UK or parents? Parents can exaggerate, especially after the fact to make their son look better. And Clay B116 is exactly right about that. People do lie about offers. It happens in football. happens in basketball. It happens a lot, uh, especially a lot of people lie about their... everything in life. Yeah. When I'm picking up a lady, I tell her I've got money in a car and a nice house, and, and then and I take her to the Holiday Inn and then the so same. she doesn't see the truth. So especially with UK basketball, because <laughs> that is that is the... That is the gold standard of college athletics right now, or at least college basketball right now. It is Kentucky. So everybody wants to say that they have an offer. They have a, a chance to play there. Uh, we saw that kid in Alabama, uh, Design Ingram, who, who chose yeah. between Kentucky and Alabama and never had an offer from Kentucky. Uh, but this case, I'm not going to rely. I'm not going to show my hand and, and, and tell my sources, but I can promise you all he had an offer from Kentucky. You're talking about, not, a, not you're talking about like a three-star Mr. Alabama in line yeah, of this is compared the, to a five-star Yeah, five-star yeah. number 11 in rivals. <laughs> yeah. This isn't some bum. Uh, so, Clay B116, trust me when I say that he did, in fact, have an offer um, from from Kentucky. I guess we uh, Trevor's telling me, you can just say it. No, I was going to say take a break. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm not assuming that you're going to break a bone or something like that. I, I know what you mean. You can say I'm it on the I'm threatening air. you here. <laughs> uh, so I guess we will. That's what we'll do. We're going to take a commercial break here on 1450, the Sports Buzz, live from beautiful Valley View Golf Course. They've got everything going on here. They're going to have junior tournaments for members and guests all summer. Uh, they're they're going to have couples nights for members and guests. You don't have to be a member. They're open to the public now, and everything out here looks brand spanking new. Uh, they've got a couples night tonight, and, and it's kind of a fun idea. So, Hannah, if you're listening, maybe something we can uh, we can do. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. DJ Fat Michael. Yo. Squirrely D. Oh, yeah. Will you please play my dance for a dance challenge? That's a can-do, my brother. So let me tell you a little lesson, buddy. The cream always rises to the top. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to show you the white-hot cream of an eighth-grade boy. Oh, my God. Play the tape. you got to be kidding me. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. It's like a ballet. We're back here, fourteen fifty. The Sports Buzz live from Valley View Golf Club. They've got they've got plenty of stuff going on, and, and and one of the things that I think would be really cool, I might have to get out here for this, is the Glow Ball, where you're going to play nine during the day, and then you're going to take a break, and I think they're probably going to have food for you or something along those lines, and then you're going to play nine at night with Glow Ball. You have balls that light up, and they put a little light on the stick, and 
get to play a little golf at night, which is something different you don't get to do everywhere. I wouldn't mind doing that, especially with the fact that I can maybe blame that as an excuse of why it took me four swings to hit the ball. Yeah, you're, I can't see the ball down there. It's a little nighttime. Your golf game needs uh, a little bit of work. That's the second time I think uh, I've ever a, swung a golf A little bit of work. <laughs> and then Wednesday nights, they've got men's league that are open to the public. So it's not one of those leagues that you have to sign up from day one and be there every week or else your standings are going to get hurt or something along, uh, something like that. Uh, you can come as you please, and, and you will get in a foursome. You'll play different games every every week. Those are on Wednesday nights. So it's kind of like a DraftKings of golf a little bit. Kind of, kind of so. You to get into a fantasy league and maybe worry about your guy yes. getting injured and go each week and each day and do something different. You come and go as you please. Cool. Uh, so here in a moment, we are going uh, to to talk something about kind of something cool and a little bit different. It's kickballing for kids, uh, and that's Saturday, June 27th at waterfront park uh and it's you kind of get to be a kid by playing a little kickball and we've got neil kessler on to talk about it Uh, he's one of the founders of this event neil how are you i am wonderful how you doing tj i'm doing good thanks for joining us today here on 1450 the sports buzz so tell me a little bit about kickballing for kids kind of give me the uh, the premise of what's going on 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 saturday june 27th sure um this is the fourth year of the event, and it's actually uh, presented by Northwestern Mutual. The um, the tournament it's a it's a co-ed adult tournament. You only need nine people to play. It's it's six guys, and you need three girls in the field at least. Um, every year we have about sixteen teams. It's it's a great time. Uh, it's basically adults out there kind of rediscovering their youth and and helping the youth at Cozier Children's Hospital. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We have. We have food and drink vendors out there, um, and it's down at the Great Lawn of Waterfront Park. And if you, as if you need an excuse to go down to the Waterfront Park and enjoy <laughs> a beautiful Saturday down there, this is for a good cause. You're playing a game that a lot of people maybe haven't played since they were kids, so you get to kind of uh, touch your, see your inner child again and, and be able to do something along those lines that – uh, that's a lot of fun that a lot of people don't get a chance to do. How long has this been going on? And, and, and you know, again, it's all for a good cause, and, and you're raising money uh, for Cozier Children's Hospital. So how much roughly did you all make last year, and how long has this been going on? Um, we brought in about 10000 last year, and we're looking to uh, get to about 15000 this year for uh, Cozier Children's Hospital, which it's, it's funded by the Children's Hospital Foundation. Um, so we've, uh, we're, we're growing each year with it. We've, we've had great, uh, we've had great participation with a number of teams. Uh, we've had a lot of community support from companies like Northwestern Mutual and Yum. Um, so, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's just a gorgeous venue going down to the waterfront. We've been real lucky over the years as far as beautiful weather. Um, and, uh, we've got a DJ down there as well and we have great prizes um, everyone who plays gets a free T-shirt and a goodie bag. So, uh, you, and you get you get three games minimum because it's a pool play format. So after the pool play, it goes into a single elimination tournament. So you get plenty of kickball, and uh, like I said, it's a great cause, and you have a blast doing it. And we're speaking with Neil Kessler, who's one of the founders of Kickball and for Kids, which will happen Saturday, June 27th, the Waterfront Park. Need nine people, like he said. Uh, at least three have to be girls because it is co-ed. Uh, it, has there, Neil, has there ever been, and I, mean, I know this is all for a good cause, but have, uh, it's still competition. <laughs> and ha, has there ever been maybe a little 
uh, extracurricular people getting in each other's face with kickball because you do get people out by throwing the ball at them, correct? We we have that a little bit more with our leagues because the NKA runs leagues uh, throughout throughout the city. It's the National Kickball Association, so we have we have a little more competition. I guess there's a little bit more spirited in, in the leagues, but with the with the charity tournament, um, you do have a a pretty wide skill set. You've got some competitive teams, and you've got some teams that it's their first time playing since sixth grade. So it's 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 still fun for everyone. There's you know, the, the, there's a good opportunity for everyone to get out there and have a good time. But uh, luckily, no, we haven't had anyone out there uh, scraping it up just yet. <laughs> good, good. That's good to hear. And, I, and it's also good to hear that you don't maybe have to be uh, a kickball pro to get out there. I know that uh, my brother's fiance Caroline, has been a part of this event uh, for a few years now, and I can't imagine her uh, being all that competitive either so uh one more time neil just kind of give me the premise of of what this event is what it's for uh how somebody can register for it and and where they could find some of this information absolutely um again it's called kickballing for kids it's down at the great lawn at waterfront park saturday june 27th the uh, registration deadline is uh friday june 19th so to uh to register or to get more information just go to Cozair Children's Hospital forward slash kickballing for kids. Or the easiest way is just Google kickballing for kids and it's the first thing that pops up. Um, it's only two ninety five per team, so that comes out to about thirty dollars per person, uh, which is, you know, very cheap for a charity event. And you get you get a day's worth of kickball, you get a free T shirt out of it. Um, it's co ed, three guys, six girls, and um, other than that, yeah, just get on the, the website. If you have any questions, um, you can contact us through, through that. Um, th- there are still opportunities for sponsors as well, too, if they want to get on board. Awesome. And, Neil, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this sounds like a great event. I know anybody that's going to participate in it is going to have a good time and also, again, feel better about themselves because it is for a good cause and you all raise a, a fairly good amount of money for Kosher Children's Hospital. So thanks a lot. Uh, and hopefully talk to you here pretty soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem. Again, Neil Kessler, one of the founders of Kickballing for Kids. That will be Saturday, June 27th at the waterfront. Trevor, I imagine you have to be a little bit better at kickballing <laughs> than you would be at golf. Oh, I would take you out in kickball. Now, you, you got those chicken legs. I got the tree trunks over here. I, I would. The way the, the link that you hit a golf ball is about how I'd, kick a, I'd send a kickball. I was I was I was I was a uh, I would maybe a uh, Zachary Taylor uh, All Star in kickball probably back in the elementary school days. You were talking trash before golf too, and you hit it ten to fifteen feet. I don't even know if you could get a kickball ten to fifteen. feet. Oh no no no! Look look, look at me! I got look, look at these look at these 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 stacked legs over here. They are they're 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 big legs. I mean, it looks like my, both my legs look like the left arm in the Skittles commercials where they try to figure out an argument by arm wrestling. I, I can send a kickball. Nah, so somebody's li- so you're saying you're a kickball and for kid free agent. I am. I am. I am. I'm looking to see where I can take my talents. Okay. Yeah, and there's I'm, a 16 teams, and I'm sure that number will probably grow this year. So it sounds like an awesome event. Now I've got to play first base. I'm not much of an outfielder anymore. No, I don't you have wouldn't the, be. You wouldn't I don't be able have the lateral speed. No, no. I'm kind of like. Uh, I'm kind of like uh, a, a big poppy for your Red Sox. That's where I. Oh I man, kinda, hopefully you'd be better than he has been this year. <laughs> kinda, well, I'm more big poppy like circa second World Series championship when he was still on steroids. Uh, I'm. I'm. That, that's how I'm a kickball. I'm, I may. Uh, I may whiff once or twice, but when I get a hold of it, man, that ball's gone. Say, see you later. 
it's well, over the wall. Well, you guys hear it? You're you're giving your cell right now. I'm selling yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're doing a you're doing a you good a job. Good cleanup hitter that has no speed and could probably put a pinch runner on for me. Yeah. So get me a contract. That is June 27th again at the waterfront and just Google kickball and for kids and, and kick find all. My ball might land in the river, though. I certainly be careful by the waterfront. <laughs> you're, hey, as long, you know what? As long as you're better at kickball than golf, then I'd be happy for you. Because <laughs> if you were to participate in some of the events that they have out here at Valley View, I don't, I don't oh. know. I'd feel bad for the people that would be in your foursome. They've got the club championships in July, but luckily, Trevor, you got to be a member for that. I, I would so probably you, get thrown off the course after about one hole. <laughs> what I'm told, the club championships are very competitive. They do oh, yeah. have, and although that's a, that's one of the few member-only events that they have out here. They do have memberships available. Uh, you can just go to valleyviewgolfclub.org for some of those memberships or call 812-923-9280, extension 5, for a membership. So they do have some available, uh, pretty cheap rates for how nice this course is. It's .org. They're just trying to get the information out there. Exactly. No, they're not for yeah, profit. They're, they're just not. trying to get the info out <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we, we were talking VJ King. We did have a, a tweet in from Captain Arctic that I wanted to get to. Uh, he had asked that, more importantly, why are they going after – uh, Harry Giles and Jason Tatum or Bus don't think that they have a shot at either. And who he's talking about, are, these are two of the top three to five players, depending on who you ask. I in the class know their names. Harry Giles is this athletic power forward that is almost like a bigger Chris Bosh. I mean, he's really, really good. He plays at a really high level. Bigger uh, mean taller, bigger and wider. Chris just, Bosh is 6'11. He, he's wider. Is okay, I, mean. I was going to say, he's, he's just taller, a little, he's like 7'2". He, 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 he certainly seems stronger than Chris Bosch would have been at that age. Okay. Um, Bosch was a one-and-done also. He wasn't. Harry Giles, I can promise you, will also be a one-and-done. And then Jason Tatum, obviously, the forward out of St. Louis, who has a final four of St. Louis, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky, and he seems to be a big Duke lean. Uh, he had recently told a, a TV station in St. Louis that he was down to uh, two, but he didn't want to say which two, and it kind of seems like maybe Kentucky would be the odd man out. It's not going to take St. Louis off his list. I mean, that's his hometown. That's going to stay on there probably to the bottom three. Right. He's been very adamant about how he could go. He they could didn't actually land Larry go. Hughes out of St. Louis when he was a big prospect. He said that he's been very adamant that he could actually go to St. Louis. This is not just a stunt. He's not doing that to make people happy. Uh, he's legitimately considering staying home and going to St. Louis. And whether he goes to St. Louis, he's probably going to go to Duke. He's probably not coming coming to Kentucky, so I kind of agree with Captain Arctic a little bit there. Uh, but with a talent that good, and this is what people need to remember: with somebody that's so talented, as talented as uh, as Jason Tatum is, you can't just say we're we're done with you. You can't just stop recruiting them. Especially again, you got to remember it's John Except Calipari. You're on the Final Four list. It's, yeah, it's, you got to remember it's John Calipari. It, it, you're never really out ever with with him. So. That's why UK is still recruiting him and still going after him. This is a guy that could change uh, the history of college basketball with how talented he is. He, he could maybe lead a team to a national championship. 6'8", didn't he, I believe? He's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, He's yeah. been growing, at, you know, as most 16- and 17-year-old kids do. Uh, used to be listed just as a shooting guard, but when you get that big, you're playing down low a little bit more, but he still has some guard in him, uh, can do a little bit of everything. Harry Giles, I'm not 100% sure that he won't go to Kentucky. Again, he's from North Carolina, so it seems more likely he'll stay in state at one of those programs. Um, with that being said, you never know. You, you know, sometimes kids just want to get away, and, and maybe Kentucky will have an appeal. Again, I wouldn't be picking Kentucky right now, like Captain Arctic said, but again, you never know. And he's, and he's well, such a good. All part of the 16 class, excuse me. Yes, yeah, and these are 2016 guys. Uh, and Captain Arctic also wanted us to know that he walked out barefoot on his field turf and burnt his feet. 
but but besides that, just kind of being a random thing that happened to him today, the fact that he, don't, he said don't walk this, out there, Captain. He, don't give Arizona people the Kentucky notes. They don't wear shoes. So. He said this the other day, and I forgot to to mention it. Um, how he has field turf in his front yard. He doesn't have grass. What is he? The Brady? He has field turf. <laughs> He's like the Brady's, where they had the, they had the AstroTurf in their front yard. Yeah, back back potato races. And you know, I don't know if that'd be a cool thing or if you'd just be like, just have. And I know in Arizona, it's probably hard to grow real green grass, but it's it's a hundred plus degrees there currently. Yeah, I think so. As he, he said earlier, he tweeted something out and said it was a hundred something degrees, which makes me feel like I, I was a little bit, a bit of a baby out in the sun yesterday for three hours, and he's in a hundred hundred degree weather out there in Arizona. Sheesh. Sheesh, too I guess hot. You, don't have, you don't have to cut the grass though if you have field turf. No, you don't. Well, no. No. Uh, obviously. <laughs> Do I look like I have a green thumb to begin with? You're, <laughs> you're so smart, Trevor. I am. Wagner, uh, Wagner education. But he, left behind. Even if Kentucky, <laughs> they obviously missed on VJ King on the wing. Uh, they'll likely not land Jason Tatum, but again, it's not over till it's over. Uh, and with that being said, they're still in on Miles Bridges as the guy that I really like as at the small forward position in 2016 so Kentucky fans kind of turn your attention to him along with keeping an eye on Jason Tatum that's who I would that's who I try oh, wait, there was a nice shot behind us by this gentleman in the blue hat he just hit it on the green probably about maybe six or seven feet from the pole oh this so wait so this tee box goes to that up that, there yeah, where that wind yeah where that, that oh okay that's not a very long hole I, I suppose it's but, not a very long hole but it's kind of a tricky hole to yeah. be honest and, and people don't know what we're talking about but it's a short par three maybe a hundred and forty hundred and twenty but a, there's a big dip the green is is level with the tee box, but there's a big dip in between. So it's kind of like this valley, but then there's two sand traps in front of the green. It's not an it's not a it's not a it's not a deep green. It's very wide. If you don't get it on the green, you're screwed. Yeah, because if you don't if you get it short, you're going into the uh, into the, the bunkers. sand traps and the bunkers and, and down the hill. And if you get over, it looks like you're going down the hill too. Huh, but it kind of looks like a fun hole to play. Yeah, you'll I'm, be on I'm, that exci- later. I'm excited to, to get out here and get a chance to play out a beautiful Valley View golf course uh, so there's plenty more to talk about on today's show we need to talk a little bit about the nba game at the top of the hour trevor and i are going to do our all decade draft which i am two and zero oh in my drafts this week we did the uk draft on wednesday yeah uh, five john calipari uk players yesterday we did the louisville uh six i guess six not not five but six louisville uh, patino players and then today we're just going to do players from the last decade, so with their season starting 2005-2006, so you couldn't get Andrew Bogut, per se, So Francisco Garcia. So, oh, so you're saying the 2005 draft is ineligible. It is ineligible. So it's so, the start so, of the 2005-2006 season. So I'm not getting Chris Paul. You wouldn't be getting Chris Paul. Absolutely correct. Okay, but he, he, <laughs> he didn't even make a Sweet 16, so you don't really have to worry too much about yeah, well, that. Well, I'm not worried. The fact he didn't make a Sweet 16 doesn't I'm mean kidding. he wasn't a dominant college player. Just means him. He, he means he struggled on defense, and like everyone else, and in a tournament that year, except for Louisville, no one could stop Pitchnoggle from hitting threes. No, that was a really that was one of the most fun March Madnesses that I can remember. Um, probably, you know, from a national standpoint, it's got to be in the conversation as one of the top ones ever. Uh, but for me personally, it's probably just behind the 2014 March Madness run, and that was mainly because Kentucky was just doing uh, crazy things throughout that postseason and, and i'm seeing on twitter right now uh, and it turned out that that arkansas to the to the big 12 stuff was old like oh, i said like man. i said there's just no way that was true as uh, we talked about way too long yesterday on they the show. got you they got me but at least you know we i didn't buy into it all that much i was able to sniff it out 
after initially seeing it and saying, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> I'm also seeing on Twitter today, and I know this is real. Uh, did you did you see Stephen A. Smith's comments today? I did not. Uh, please inform me what uh, he said in, in a shock there in a shock uh, jock way of trying to get uh, hits on his on his Twitter account. I'm sure. I don't know if this was on first take or if he was just sitting in on the ESPN Sports Center set or what the deal was, but they were talking. They were doing the top ten, ESPN's top ten, and, and everybody mm-hmm. is a big fan of those. Um, and it was a soccer play. I forget who was playing in this matchup, but somebody had scored off a free kick. And he made a, a comment that one of the girls ducked out of the way because she didn't want to mess up her hair. <laughs> and that is not something you say if you're Skip Bayless. Oh, you mean Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, yes. Oh, gosh, Skip Bayless. Ah, either he, way. Yeah, but that's they're, not they're, something you say if you're Stephen A. Smith. They both make On that platform, uh, you, you, you don't say that. So, obviously, a lot of people very offended about that. It, it was... A sexist comment. Is that really it was that sexist. offensive? That though? Is, I mean, it's yes. a sexist comment, yes. But is it really that offensive, especially in the day and age? And on, on on most of the programs, whether it be ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS's sports programs, when they do the highlights, it's all about wanting to be stand-up comedies and one-liners, which is what makes me annoying for me to watch those shows now. Because I really don't. If I wanted that, just go to an open mic night at one of the comedy clubs around here and get about the same equivalent of jokes. So, I mean, is it, is it was a sexist comment? I agree. But, I mean, really, I mean, are we that PC now? Or is it that bad? Is it worth getting is – it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it – are we at the point now where saying something like that should result in some kind of fine or suspension? No, not, no. And something like that, and not, not to sound like, you know – If he said, I'm, about I'm, a, I'm, if he said I, about a male player, would it have been as bad? I'm hoping, you know, not to sound misogynistic saying this myself, but something like that isn't the same as – you can get a lot worse, maybe saying something about another person's race. You know that oh, that was that was not a worse. good that was not a good thing to say, but it could be a lot worse. And he and you'd have to hear him say, but he kind of said it in passing as like almost under his breath, like he was just kind of thinking it to himself. Not that I think <laughs> that that makes it better or worse, but he did apologize on Twitter and he said uh, he made a flip comment in front of a woman's soccer team not wanting to mess up their hair. Obviously, my comment. Or in poor taste, I have nothing but the utmost respect for athletes of all genders, especially since most are better than I'll ever be. So please know I'm very sorry. I apologize. It certainly wasn't my intent to offend anyone. And I could see why if you were a, a woman soccer player or just a woman's athlete, why that would, why that would, and there's some commotion going on. I've got a little crowd <laughs> but, coming up behind uh, us. There, sorry. I could understand if you were a woman's athlete, why that would certainly offend you because a lot of these people work their entire lives and they're still thought of lesser athletes than men. Uh, but I'm okay with now. You know what? It was a stupid thing for him to say, but he apologized. He and, did. And I'm, sure it was, I'm sure he was told to apologize. I'm sure but he, was he was too, but it wasn't your, sorry if I offended you, uh, I apologize. It wasn't the it, Ryan Leaf you know, apology it, where he reads the script exactly. and he throws it in the locker and he's done. Exactly. It's one of my favorite camera moments of all time in sports history. He, he did. Now, he did say it wasn't his intent to offend anybody, but he went further than that and said he made a mistake. And yeah. also said that women's athletes are much better than he are, which is certainly true also. <laughs> Probably uh, so that So hopefully that has, will come and go. Some things on Twitter just get so blown out of proportion, well, but people, hopefully that will come and go. That's the type of just of, a, of attempt at being funny. And personally, I, don't, I mean, I kind of giggle a little bit when you first just said it to myself. I don't believe, obviously, I don't believe it's true. I mean, it's not why they would miss a, a, a play or a goalie would miss a ball trying to stop it. But it's just just trying to be funny. And it, it, was it bad? No. I mean, was it offensive? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, to a little bit. But, I mean, is it any more offensive than if you say something about a male player, you know, maybe, you know, logging, you know, 
just half-assing it around the bases or something. I mean, you, you don't well, sit there and have to, to apologize for that all the time. I mean, we shouldn't have to apologize for everything. I, it, just, it gets Sometimes it just gets me a little uh, – the, the level of PC sometimes, especially now with the social media, is, is can get out of control on occasion. It can, and it happens, and, and everything, again, just kind of gets blown up a little bit more. If you're that woman normal. or you're a woman soccer player, you know not to do You're like, okay, whatever. Screw you, Stephen. Hey, I mean – why are you even talking about my sports? Shouldn't you be carrying LeBron's bags? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, you know, I mean you're, 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 the Le, you're the Ahmad Rashad to LeBron James, what he was to Jordan. So, well, I mean, you're a walking suck-up. So, I mean, just stay, stick to that role. Speaking of LeBron, <laughs> uh, NBA Finals game last night, that was a game that I said the Cavs had to win. Oh, yeah. To me, they're done. We're going to talk more about this. Also, a big mistake by ABC with LeBron. You know what I'm referring to there? Uh, you're going to tell me it's a break. Oh, it's not It's not good. Uh, <laughs> if you're ABC, you need to apologize a lot more than... A lot uh, more than saying a woman didn't want to block a kick because she messed up her hair. <laughs> what Stephen A. Smith did, for different reasons, granted. Uh, ABC's was a mistake. Stephen A. Smith was just being stupid. Uh, but I'll tell you during the break, and I mean, we may talk about that a little bit. Uh, if not, we will talk about the finals. I promise you that. So stick around here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Uh, later, dudes. S you in your A's. Don't wear a C in jail over your B's. Presented by Allen Electric. Why would he not wear a C? I don't even know what he's talking about half the time, bro. We're back here, 1450 to Sports Buzz. And speaking of Twitter and how things can blow up, LeBron's and ABC's little boo-boo yesterday blew up on Twitter and a, a hashtag that I can't say on the air was trending. Uh, so basically what happened, if you didn't know, and I'm pretty sure it was after the game, it might have been towards the end of it. Um, that, looked like, uh, that looked like afterwards, like they were about ready to do some post-game interviews and stuff. He was untucking his shirt or, or maybe putting his shirt back in, but I'm pretty sure he was untucking it and uh, had to pull his shorts off a little bit to, to get the shirt out and, and something accidentally came out. <laughs> Peekaboo! Oh, I see you for a very short uh, moment. I don't know how ABC uh, no, didn't don't say pick it up. Short? No, that's me. I don't know for a very brief moment. Uh, I I don't know how ABC didn't pick it up. I don't know how they didn't cut away from that. You know, it's on delay, uh, yeah, so I don't is. know how that happened. We're not going to analyze that so much as we are uh, the game. You don't want to break that down here before. No, well, let's just let's let's stick to the game. Play by play. Let's stick. Let's stick to the game. <laughs> Maybe for the After Hours podcast. Oh, uh, man. Give it a good segment to Shaft over here. But I, I had said <laughs> during uh, during this week is that that was a must-win, in my opinion, for the Cavs if they wanted to have a chance to to bring home the NBA championship. And, again, it was kind of a crazy thing to say when they were up 2-1, to one, and that would put them up to 3-1. And you'd say, well, obviously, that, that game will help them, uh, will lead them to a championship. But now you're 2-2, and now you're going back to Golden State. Now you don't have home court advantage well, now you anymore. have a best-of-three series. You have a best-of-three basically. series, and you've lost the home court yep. advantage that you'd won back by sneaking out a win <laughs> in Oakland. Uh, you, you saw it last night, and it also kind of goes along with what I was saying earlier this week. They look tired. They're going to yep. continue to look tired. Now, luckily, they're going to have a three-day break before game five but it looks like a team that's exhausted lebron looks exhausted it looks like he's not gonna be able to do it all especially with his outside shot not falling on a scale one to ten and ten being it's time to panic if you're the Cavs, where are you at trevor 11 
I agree. I, 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 I think it's, I think it's done, unfortunately. I, I was I, I would I don't even want to say even up two one, even the panic even on two even up two one. This might sound crazy. It's still probably at around a six, because you you needed to be up three one on this team because it's a better team than you. It is much better. And, and you, you you saw this already once in the playoffs where Memphis very much did a lot of similar things that Cleveland had done to Golden State, slow them down, muck up the game, take them out of it, play a little bit more physical defense. And Memphis is a much more talented team than overall than this current Cleveland Cavs team, yes. at least on the court. Yes, I don't think anybody would argue that. And uh, now obviously they have LeBron James. And you saw that situation. They were up 2-1. And what happened in that series? Golden State won that game in six. That series in six. And I, I, was, I was surprised because I liked Memphis in that series. I kind of fell into the bandwagon. I thought Memphis was actually going to knock them off. They clearly didn't have they had the defensive prowess that Cleveland does to make Golden State struggle. They didn't have enough offense to overpower Golden State. And if they didn't have enough offense to overpower Golden State with a Marcus Saul, with a Zach Randolph, with a Mike Conley, even a Jeff Green when he wants to show up, you know, in that company, then if you think Cleveland, even with as much as I love LeBron, and I'm, he's the best player in the last 20 years probably in the NBA, if they, even with that, if they didn't have enough offense, Cleveland has nowhere near enough. And that showed again last night. And one of the big things I saw, I said this after you left, uh, left it just staying, I was on with, with uh, Nick Coffey, who'll be joining us here just shortly as well, from 5.30 to 7 here at Valley View. But I said to him, the, the one thing that Golden State had to do last night, and they did it, was not just be leading at the end of the first quarter, which they had not led any quarter or any regulation except for the end of overtime in game one until last night, but they did not need to fall behind again. And they didn't. And they needed to show that Golden, Cleveland had yet to see, we had yet to see what Cleveland could do if they were put in, behind the eight ball. We saw Golden State can answer back in, in three games. We saw Golden State Several was able times. to come Several back times. in game one. They were able to come back game two, game three, and so on and so forth, and, and including game winning game one. But we hadn't seen what Cleveland can react. And we saw that last night, and it did not look good for Cleveland because once they were behind, they just don't have the offensive power. Nope. And at this point, especially in the series, they don't have the endurance to be able to be fall behind 10, 12, 13, 15 points. It doesn't sound like a lot, and it's easy to come back from that. Don't get me wrong, in the NBA especially, you can make a race a 10-point deficit and like that. But when you have you know guys that are Deladova that aren't used to playing this many minutes, looking more fresh because they didn't play as many minutes in the season, but LeBron putting in 50 minutes almost a game, I mean, it's just it's wearing down, and it showed even it more last night. It was fun, though, and if LeBron was a better three-point shooter, if he was shooting around 42% or 40%, uh, this would be a different series, and you wouldn't have to worry about the Cavs' offense so much. But right now, his outside shot, and throughout this playoffs, it just hasn't been falling. Uh, but it was fun to see Mozgov kind of have his, his moments of being unstoppable and in that game. You can thank Golden State a lot of that for the fact that Golden State has no size up front. No, they and don't. And they went small with Draymond Green to five, but even when they do off their size in Lee, who's not a bad defender but not a good defender, Bogut is, is clearly a shell of what he was even yeah. two years ago. Even last year, he's nowhere near the same player. And he came in the game, and I think, what, got three fouls in, in two minutes. I mean, was already out of the game. I, I, this is why Golden's. this is one of the reasons why I thought Golden State wasn't going to win a title because of lack of size. Of course, they've been kind of a gift being the fact they got a Cleveland team that doesn't have enough power. Yeah. But when Cleveland can bring the side, you can make Moskov look that good. Moskov's not a bad player. I, I For some reason, but I like Moskov. I don't I do know too. why. He's just a good player. Maybe because his name's Timothy Moskov, and it's spelled exactly like it sounds. Yeah, but... Uh, but it, but he's an average jerk. player. I mean, yeah, yeah, you don't have to tell me that. But jerk Joey Crawford, did you see him yell shut up at him no. during the game and the, the mics picked it up? 
Joey Crawford is such an old, grumpy jerk. I hate referees. I've made that very clear on this show, and people like Joey Crawford are why I hate referees. He just yells at him. No, no, it wasn't. It was a lot better last night than it was, especially in the previous game or two. But this is why I hate referees, and I've had referees do this to me in some of my games, just yell and be... And, and and talk to you with the notion of knowing that you can't talk back. Imagine if Moskov had said anything back to Joey Crawford after he yells for him to shut up as if he's talking to a four-year-old dog. Uh, he would have gotten a technical. He would have maybe even, you know, depending on what he said, maybe even thrown out of the game. Well, obviously, so. Moskov, but you got put your hand, put yourself in the shoes of the refs a little bit, and, and they're obviously getting the fan. They can't. They don't need to take out their their frustrations of the the, the heated things they're being told by by the fans, and you know, go either in Oakland or. In, and Cleveland on the players, but the players whine to the refs constantly too. I mean, it's not like the ref, the referees hear this stuff. Well, you don't pick up on mics. I guarantee you, within a, within a forty eight minute game, LeBron has whined, and and, and rightfully so because you want to get your you the calls you want. You want to take the advantage. You want to get in their ear. Yeah, but the you, players whine to them constantly. Yeah, well. but but you then you didn't see him telling LeBron to shut up. You didn't see him telling Curry to shut up. He picked on the poor little Russian because <laughs> he knew he could. The poor little Russian, poor little uh, little Timothy Moskov. No, poor guy. Anyways, I, we need to. We Moskov need... even speaking. Did he even know what he said? Yeah. yeah <laughs> what was he telling him to shut up about? Maybe he was just talking to one of his buddies. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm sure he probably speaks English. Actually, I'm not sure of that. Who knows? We're going to head to a commercial break here at 1450 The Sports Buzz. When we come back, the last decade players draft. We're live out here at Valley View Golf Course, and there is somebody's grilling something, and it smells unbelievable. The kitchen is open. To the, uh, to the public, like everything else out here. Also, they still have some memberships available, uh, if that's your cup of tea. Uh, but, I mean, we might have to go get some food, Trevor. We'll be right back here on 1450, the sports bus. Daylight. Yeah, I like that. Daymen. Daymen. Fighter of the Nightmen. Champion of the... Sun. Sun. You're a master of karate. And friendship (laughs) for everyone. A Dayman. That's it. Dayman. Fighter of the Nightmen. Champion of the Sun. You're a master of karate and friendship for everyone. Amen. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Presented by Allen Electric. Going back to Philly, Philly, Philly. Going back to Philly. I don't think so. Back here for the sports buzz and the sports sucker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call at 636 help for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark and you will never not have a good time at Valley View Golf Club. Uh, and I, I went to their website because they told me to check it out, valleyview.org, valleyviewgolfclub.org, excuse me. But man, it's professional. It yeah. looks pretty good. I mean, this course it's, is nice. It's, it's, not just nice your, it's not just your general blog spot. And you can do everything up there on their on their website. You can check out everything they have to offer, tournaments, schedules, uh, how to get a membership, how to go about that, the golf course itself. 
um, and, and it's uh, it's very user friendly. So they've got it going on out here. There's, little, there's no doubt about that. A little fan base out here going on. We got some people out here enjoying the beautiful weather, having a few drinks. Looks like they're having a wine tasting. So the event uh, that they have tonight that they're going to have four or five times during the summer, it's called uh, Nine Wine and Dine. Nine. Well, that's wine pretty creative. And I like that. And, and it's it's co-hosted by Old Five Hundred Two Winery, and they're right here in front of us, and they've just got loads of wine. Uh, which my mom is a golfer; she would absolutely love it out here with this much wine. Are you a wine person? I like wine. I, for for Lent, I gave up beer and just drank wine. <laughs> you sound like you you never seen a movie Uncle Buck. I'm sure it's probably before your time, but. There's a great scene in that where John Candy tells uh, his uh, sister-in-law, he goes, I, I quit smoking cigarettes. She's like, that's awesome. He goes, yeah, I'm on the pipes. I'm on the five-year plan. He goes, I, I quit smoking cigarettes. Well, no, he goes, I no, smoke pipe no, for five. He goes, I'm no. chewing tobacco after that, then I'm clear to go. It, 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 it was maybe a minor cop-out just not to give up alcohol. And listen, I could get. I would love to challenge myself to give up alcohol for 40 days. That's that would pretty, be, that's that'd pretty be impressive hard. for a Catholic to give fun. up alcohol, too, for any it, it would time. be fun. But here's my only thing. Link is during March Madness, and if you expect me not to get a little buzz during some of these March Madness games, you're crazy. <laughs> so watch the tournament sober. You're what is wrong <laughs> with you? I don't know. <laughs> Are you mental? <laughs> but you know, maybe that's why it's so. It's supposed to be a sacrifice, so maybe I, I'll consider. But uh, no, I, I only did wine during Lent. Oh, and maybe some bourbon and vodka too. But do, do you, no beer. But you go back. I don't know. I mean, we won't get into a yeah, religious uh, discussion in the limp, but Give us something for just 40 days. I mean, if you're going to give something up, just give it up completely. Why would you well, want to go back to it? That, that's part of the thing is yeah, a lot of people that do give up uh, an, things item, for, an item for Lent or uh, you know, candy or chocolate. Then Soda's it, very it, popular. It, it does, yeah, I've given up soft drinks. I've given up fried food. It's supposed to kind of transition you out of that habit, um, unfortunately, for beer. I mean. As a losing battle. I gave, I, every year battle. I give up hard work for Lynch. That is my uh, oh, sacrifice, yeah. even though I'm did. not Catholic. I bet you did. I do love the one thing I love about the Catholic religion is, though, that Mardi Gras, we're going to give something up for 40 days. So let's spend a week just throwing it all balls out to the I land. Like, I like it. That is like the it. greatest thing about Catholic religion to me. I like it. <laughs> that and you can just say uh, a couple of Hail Marys and get away with whatever you want to do. Anyways, so uh, <laughs> what well, everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> Everybody's waiting for this? Maybe. <laughs> Whoever's out there, hello. Uh, we're going to do our player decade draft. So this Anna. week, this, this week we've been doing uh, we've been doing drafts. We did Kentucky. Uh, Alex Forkner and me went head to head against that, and that was ugly. Uh, and then yesterday, Trevor and I did UK U of L. U of L. I I was able to win that. Uh, that's in your opinion. In the votes of several several people that yeah. were, it didn't get quite the, as many votes as when Yates and I did it last year. But the majority had spoken. You did not have a ton, unfortunately. But you get a chance to redeem yourself today. We're doing the last decade of college basketball players. And here's the thing. I kind of thought about this and, and ran it through my head. It's going to be a lot more subjective. It's not going to be as easy to pick a winner because Both there are, are gonna a, be lot, a lot of good players. I mean, a lot. It's not like Louisville, uh, the draft yesterday, whoever got Gorgie Zhang was likely going to have the advantage inside because – there are so many good bigs. There's so many good guards. There's so many good wings. Uh, so you can really, you really can't go wrong. I wish I had a quarter that we could draft. Do you have any change in your pocket? I don't, but I believe since you had the first pick yesterday, don't I get the first pick today? Hell no, no, no. We we did it fair and square. Uh, we'll flip something. What Let's are you, see. George Costanza, with oh. your wall? That thing is thick. It is pretty big. <laughs> no wonder you were sitting on a lean. I'll pull out my Louisville City FC card uh, <laughs> ticket stub. 
which they do play this weekend against Rochester. Well, you switched it half. Now you can't re-enter. No, after <laughs> a game from a few weeks ago. All right, so if it's the purple side up, you'll go first. Okay. And it is. Ah, okay. yes. So you'll get the advantage of going first. I kind of want to get that ticket stuff back as it, <laughs> it went away, but luckily we've got versatile wires. All right, so we'll let you go first. I'll go second. Uh, we do a snake order. We're going to do seven players this time, Trevor, because there are so many more fish in the sea in this one. Uh, so let's uh, let's let it rip. Well, obviously, uh, the, we, we discussed this yesterday. The sweepstakes have been won thanks to the uh, the LOFC flip, coin flip there. I'll take uh, Kevin Durant with the uh, first pick. Kevin Durant, number yes. one. That is a very in, solid in, pick. In one year, averaged 25 points, 11 rebounds, and almost three blocks a game at Texas. Still unable to get to the Sweet 16, though. Hey, well, you know, what can you say? Still unable to get to the Sweet 16. I blame Rick Barnes. <laughs> That's who I blame. I will take Anthony Davis, who I've uh, just, again, solidifying my de- defense inside. Maybe debatably the best freshman, well, without debate, the best freshman season in the history of college basketball. Maybe one of the best single seasons in college basketball well, with what he was able to accomplish. It is a team, well, is a team accomplishment, but if, if you switch the two, don't you think if Texas had all the players around him that Davis had, that they would have gone a little farther than maybe the second round? I mean, no, no, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I also do think if you put Anthony Davis on Texas, maybe they go to the, you know, you don't know, who knows, we never but know. We we, who have. knows, but uh, both good players, and they were going to go one, one or two. Probably, uh, so yeah. I, I get another pick, and this is a guy uh, who has really made a name for himself in the NBA. But before he was doing that, there, he on a much lower level, he was dominating college basketball, facing double and even triple teams night in and night out, able to put up huge numbers and eventually leave his small Davidson college to the Elite Eight, and that is Steph Curry. That's who okay. I'm taking. That's my number two pick. Number two pick, Steph Curry. And again, let's remind people we are talking about their collegiate careers. Collegiate as well. career, what they did in college, exactly. not necessarily what they've done, not at all what they've done in the NBA or what they haven't done with their professional careers, because there's a lot of players that you could possibly pick that haven't had good NBA careers, but still just monsters in college. So you have to keep an open mind, a fresh mind that this is just what they were in college. At the peak of their college career, this is the player you're getting. And right now I have Durant at the three, and it's a four. Since I have back-to-back picks, it's irrelevant on which order I put them in. Uh, we'll go with Blake Griffin at the four. I like it. And I think uh, he won National Player of the Year. Yes, so, uh, as well as being number one pick, leading Oklahoma to the lead eight before falling to North Carolina mm-hmm. and uh, Tyler Hansborough and company. We may hear his name as well come up in this uh, next uh, 30 minutes. And with the, uh, I'll, I'll match you at point guard and go uh, a little uh, Coach Cal alum with Derek Rose at the point. Derek Rose, that's a good one, and that's one that I, I think had, had kind of slipped through the cracks. At least from my mind, I hadn't been thinking about Derek Rose, but he's another guy in one was year. What he was able Memphis. to, what he was able to accomplish, uh, that's a really good pick, Trevor. And just mainly because I hadn't been thinking about it. You forgot uh, so, about Derek Rose there. Okay, don't forget, don't sleep on the Rose. So that is a good one. It's a kiss from the Rose, like Steele said. So uh, this is, uh, so I'm going to get another one, uh, another two picks back to back here, and and I kind of. A little piece of me just wants to solidify my front line and guarantee that I have the advantage there. And, and by me picking Greg Oden right here, I've done just that. Okay. You're not scoring inside on Anthony Davis and Greg Oden. Now, depending on who you get, maybe I don't score much inside on you either, but I have a huge height advantage. I move Anthony Davis over to the four, which at the end of his college career, you obviously still had Terrence Jones, but Anthony Davis was playing a lot on the outside. He was able to knock down uh, shots from the elbow like it was nothing. So you move him over the four. The college four, Anthony Davis, has no problem transitioning to that position, uh, and I've got the advantage inside. 
Now, what I want to do next is probably a little. Uh, the, the it's a it's a tougher pick for me, depending on where I want to go here. And let me think about it for a little bit, Trevor. Obviously, I, I probably need to address the wing. I, and I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get anybody that's as good as, as Kevin Durant, uh, but I'll try it here. I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take Michael Beasley, who again in his one year, unbelievably good. I think he averaged over 25 points. Yeah, Kansas State was second pick in the draft. Yeah. Was, was really good. But again, you you get so clouded with what these guys have done in the pro. No pun intended with Michael Beasley. Where, where Michael Beasley doesn't look nearly as good as some of these other guys. But in his college career, Michael Peasley was unstoppable. I mean, just truly unstoppable. So I feel good about that pick. Uh, it gives me another scoring option, and, and we'll go from there. And you have one more pick? No, I, that's that's two. I got Odin and Beasley. Oh, you took Odin and Beasley. Okay, I forgot Odin. Uh, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with uh, at center. I'm actually uh, – I'll put uh, Griffin at the four. And with your size up front, I'm going to do something different and stretch you out. I'm going to go Kevin Love with my first pick. I'm going to put Love at the center, make him face down the perimeter, get your big guys away from that paint from me, make them come out. Let's make Odin come out to the perimeter for me. Let's see how Odin's doing with those knees. I'm not going to I'm not going to bring – he's not going to have to go out to the perimeter. And I'm going to so – little surprise that you, we are going seven, and I'm going to actually take a, my – technically my first bench player now because I don't want you to take him. My next pick is Joe Kim Noah. And Joe That's Kim, a good pick. And uh, now I'm going to go Love and Owen, uh, Noah back-to-back. I still obviously lack a shooting guard in this, in this lineup. But I, with you having Odin and you having Davis now, uh, and there was obviously a teammate of his was another name I considered. But when you talk about what they did in the college level, not to know a professional career yeah, hasn't been. Yeah, he's been very good. But I think the teammate that got drafted ahead of him that year uh, probably has been a little better professionally overall in a rounded game. But Noah in college was the better player to me. So I'm going to go Joe Kim Noah right now with my uh, – which would be, I guess, my fifth or sixth pick, I guess, roughly. I can't see. Well, that would be your fifth. Fifth, yeah. So that's going to give me two. Uh, yes, I could, I guess, play Steph Curry at point, but I could also play him at two, you and could. I don't think I'd have any problem there. So I'm going to take John Wall. Okay. And, and that, that's going to give me two Kentucky players. That's going to round out my top five at John Wall, Steph Curry, Michael Beasley, Anthony Davis, and Greg Oden, uh, where I've got a little bit of scoring. I've got some distributing. I've got some athleticism. I've, I certainly have plenty of length, plenty of height. Uh, and then next, this is tough for me. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I mean, I, I want to try as much as I can to try to not neutralize your Kevin Durant pick, but at least try to make it more even. So I'm going to take somebody that, again, if you think about what they did in the NBA, it's not going to go well. But if you want to do what they did, well, actually, I don't know if this guy would even be would be eligible. When was Adam Morrison's last year? He is eligible. He is eligible. He is eligible, yes. Adam Morrison was was taken in... So 2006 was his last year. Yeah, he was Okay, so he would be. I'm going to go Adam Morrison for my first bench spot. Oh, a little softness right there. Scoring, man. (laughs) Scoring. I'm going to have the best scoring team this side of the Mississippi. Uh, Well, I don't know about that. Uh, You're good luck getting some points on me. Uh, I obviously... So I got two two picks coming up right now. You've got two and you're done. Oh, this is my last two? This is your last two. All right. Uh, well, you know what? And who do I got? Repeat my lineup to me again one more time. You've got, you still need one more starter, probably at the two. You've got Derrick Rose, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, and Joe Kim Noah. All right. Uh, you're going to think I'm making one of these picks. 
uh, because of what they did in the pro, but uh, the fact that he was a solid college player, averaging 20 points as a sophomore, 17 as a freshman, uh, didn't get a lot of maybe publicity coming out of college, uh, but has been a more dominant pro at the starting shooting guard, which gives me more versatility as well because he can handle the ball. I'm going to take James Harden out of Arizona State. That's not a, that's not a bad pick uh, at all. People maybe underestimate how good he was in college because he's been on so, the left coast and nobody ever saw and him. And he's been he's had such a more impactful pro career. Uh, and you know you're kind of uh, with my last pick. So right now I have Joe Kim Noah coming off the bench. Yep. With uh, my starting lineup in place, I love the fact that I have Durant at the at the two. Uh, and who is my other players with Durant on the front line? Kevin Love and Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, KD at three, and, and Joe Kim on the bench. Uh, so you're doing your best to try to help the size difference and, and maybe this uh, help neutralize my front line a little bit. I'm still taking mine right now, but who uh, you got as your final player? Um, a lot of good ones still out there. Yeah, right? there is. And there, there's, a, there, there's a couple guys I, I'd love to take. Man, oh, I am. Uh, this is this is because I'm torn between a couple people right now in my head. You got to pick one, buddy. And the I, clock's I, are ticking. I, I, are we on the clock? Am I going to do like the uh, Minnesota Vikings with my pick pass and then take it again later? Exactly. Uh, you know what? I, I got. I'm going to go with another versatile player, someone in the backcourt, because I've clearly, even though I think I can play Durant at the two, and I don't think that's out of a stretch to put him at the two. Uh, but I'm going to go Kimba Walker. Uh, uh, that's kind of who I wanted. I'm not I, happy with well, that. Well, good. I'm glad because you took Gorgie from me yesterday. So uh, come, what goes around comes around, buddy. Uh, not happy about I, that. I almost took Cousins and just just to steal him, but I don't want to don't want to lock Cousins jam. might have helped your team. Maybe, and I could, like I said, I could move Durant to the two where I could put Love in there, but I could I could squeeze Cousins into the lineup. But with Noah already coming off the bench, is uh, a solidified four five. Love's only a four five. Griffin's only a four five. I don't have much more to there, so I'm gonna go Walker. Because uh, I can always play Harden at the three, and uh, if I really needed to in certain matchups. So, Kimba Walker, Joe Kim Noah off my bench, and my lineup is complete. Uh, just like the guy said in fantasy football commercials, Hushmanzada Championship. Well, and we had Big Bad Cali texting in saying that somebody needed to take Ben Gordon or Mech Ogafor. Both those guys are ineligible. Yeah, it's they the were 2004 10 draft. Yeah. So, it, it, they have to be eligible, these players, for the 2006 draft. The 2005, again, not Which, eligible. By the way, 2006 draft was Adam Morrison with third pick. That was uh, Andre uh, Barganagi, uh, whatever his name is, the scrub that plays for the Knicks now, making $14 million a year. So, with my final pick, rounding out my bitch, I, I did want – I did want Kimball Walker. You could I'm probably use the uh, perimeter play, too. I, I, so I still think I need somebody on the perimeter, just another, another psycho player. Team. You know you want to. Uh, Hanter would be, honestly, a good I pick. I thought about it a little I, bit. A good pick. And honestly, I think it'd probably get more name recognition and, and more love. But this guy, before his, his final year, was really, really good. And I feel like a lot of he doesn't, he's not talked about that much, maybe because he's just not doing much in the NBA for whatever reason. Louisville fans know him very well. Oh, uh, I'm going with, with Trey Burke, oh, uh, yeah. who was able to shoot from the perimeter, take it inside, finish at the rim, we'll do a little bit of everything. That name you never want to mention to an Ohio State fan. So that's who I'm, I'm taking to, uh, to round out my team. Um, J.J. Redick was also on the table. I think that would have been another solid pick. I mean, if you have yeah. a, if I would have added him with Steph Curry and had a lineup with JJ Redick and and Steph Curry, that would be pretty tough. To, I mean, it's just that's so much scoring. Now I wouldn't be able to defend you worth a 
worth it. So that's why, I'm, that's why I went more Trey Burke there for, see, from a defensive standpoint. See, what I'm going to come at you with my bigs with guys like Kevin Love that can face up and come out. You've got the shot blockers. But I'm if I put a lineup in there where I've got Durant even at the four, I'm bringing you out. I'm bringing your big guys out. They're going to have to come out of perimeter, and that's going to open up the lane for guys like Harden, Walker, and Rose to penetrate at will. Throw a little alley-ooped up to Joe Kim Noah and uh, slam it away. Championship, I got this one won. You may have beat me because you got Gorgie Jang yesterday on me with the first pick. Threw me a little off. I think each stroke maybe kind of affected my game yesterday as a drafting perspective. Uh, today I'm in the shade. Got nice, 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 nice beverages here from the uh, great people of Valley View in the uh, inside of the uh, lounge. Got a lot of nice people around me. I, I'm in a more comfortable place today, and therefore I have won this draft. Uh, and, and we'll put it out to Twitter, see what people think. <laughs> Big Bad Cali says that he's shocked that Renardo Sydney went undrafted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we'd gotten eight picks, I promise you, Renardo Sydney might have been on my roster. Maybe eight. Maybe eight. 800 picks uh, he, he would have gotten there, or maybe if we were just picking people. That's, uh, we, that's not pick, that's his weight. Yeah. <laughs> so here are the final teams. We've got, and, and, and Nick. Nick, I want you to listen uh, yeah. to this because you're going to be our first vote. We've got Derek Rose, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love as college players. As they're in their, at their college peak. And on the bench, Joe Kim Noah and Kimba Walker versus John Wall, Steph Curry, Michael Beasley, Anthony Davis, Greg Oden, Adam Morrison, and Trey Burke. It'd be, You're I mean, not stopping where, anybody, What do we have to do to make this happen? What do you mean we're not stopping hey, anybody? Anthony not, Davis, Beasley can't well, stop obviously anybody now Nick now knows what Morrison. teams. Now Nick knows what teams we have, and maybe he's just going to make you feel better after <laughs> picking against you last week. Well, I, I lean towards yeah. Cousins, but with Joe Kim, Noah, Love, and, and Griffin already, I, I went with the way. Well, because Cousins is, is developed a lot more from the one year in college. Isn't he was still really as good, good as he was in one year college. And I'm not denying That's, that his yeah, college career wasn't effective. With that. But was his one year in college better than the last two years of Blake Griffin? Was it better than the last two years of Joe Kim Noah? Maybe. I mean, it's kind of and and, and it was. And Nick said he thinks he was the best player in that 2010 team. I'll I say this: if it's not that. if it's not John Wall, I bet Cousins goes number one because he's the guy on that team. He gets all the touches. He probably his numbers averages are a lot better. He likely goes number one in the draft that year. Yeah, and, and you know I, I said that when when the draft came around that year in 2010 that, that I thought the Sixers made a huge mistake, and in hindsight, clearly I was right. Very rarely am I, but I, that they should have taken Cousins number two, and I think then they're now wishing they had hired me as a general manager instead of whoever scrub took Evan Turner number two. I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking, Nick. Here's the thing. Here's the <laughs> thing, Trevor. You're still not scoring inside on me. You're not, you're not going to have Kevin Love, and Kevin Love played away from the basket a and little bit, And that's what too. his job is to do, to bring Anthony Davis away from the perimeter. Well, please, from, I mean, and then what, who's going to penetrate in? Uh, you know, uh, Derek, know. Ro- Derek Rose could, but I doubt James Harden. James Harden, I guess, maybe could. Yeah. But you still have Anthony Davis and Greg Oden on the front line. Oh, Greg Oden, is, you, you, I cannot wait to see Greg Oden have to come out of the perimeter and have to guard he won't, Who? Who's going to beat him out on the perimeter? Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin can face up. From the perimeter? Well, from 16 what feet fantasy out. world are you living? Again, this is college. He still did it in college. This is, no, he did not. He faced up from 15 no, out college. No, he didn't. And he put it on the floor and go dunk on people. Yeah, your name, Nick. Blake Griffin faced out 15 feet he, out And he college. put it on the floor and go dunk on people. He wouldn't shoot out there. Not nearly as much. I'm not going to disagree with that, as Nick just said. But 
Yeah. yeah, and he would dunk on everybody. I'm not debating that. I mean, that and that's still, if you have Greg Oden having to at least be honest and get a hand out there, that could be troublesome. But it's not like he's just going to knock down shot after shot unless Greg Oden's right in his face. The only problem I have with Oden is the fact that, opposed to the guys I have as well as some of your other players with Davis and company, he's just the mobility is not there. Which Okim Noah can come up and down the court. He'll run circles around Oden, even the college version of Oden. He owns one year at Ohio State. He's still somewhat of a statue in the post. Somebody texted me. I'd have probably taken Cousins pe- over Odin if I were People are, are, are telling me more of well, what we should do instead of voting on this based on Twitter. <laughs> Somebody said Morrison over Reddick. When you already have Steph Curry, I think maybe you don't necessarily – you need somebody – you have Kevin Durant on the wing, and I'm not going to be able to stop that or neutralize that, but I still need some wing players. Yeah. No one took Nobody Reddick. took he Reddick. He went, Reddick. He went undrafted. I, I know. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was. Yeah, I know. Maybe I should have taken him over Adam Morrison. Maybe this guy's right. But again, I, I just if I have Reddick and Curry, I can't start them both. I probably can't play them both without giving up points every possession. Well, the good part about you having Adam Morrison is when the votes all come in, Adam Morrison have another chance to cry on the court because he's going to lose this one too. I and but he also uh, I will have the best uh, facial hair. Uh, that, that I will give you. And I'll have between, the best between Odin and him. You have by far the best. And, and the unibrow. You've got the best facial I've got, hair. I'm team facial hair. <laughs> yeah, I will I'm, give you that. Although James Harden's beard. Ew. Yeah, but Harden didn't have the beard. I think the, he did, did. Well, not at the level he has now. Okay. It was a little lower. He looked more or less homeless. I feel actually, the more I look at it, I feel pretty good. Kevin Durant's the only person I don't have an answer for, but you're still not scoring inside. I'm still oh, better put, from... You I'm, can put Davis on Durant I, and just switch your matchups around a little I'm bit. I'm still better, yeah, but... But then, I didn't need. Least, I need Michael yeah. Beasley. Actually, Michael Beasley could guard Kevin Love. Six eleven, yeah. Beasley I mean, could guard Kevin Love. You could put him on there, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I win. <laughs> well, I do. I'm sure you think that. I do. I, I, I think I'm going to be a millionaire one day too. Neither one of us are going to get that dream to come true. R and D UK one says you should do uh, last decade UK players draft. Which, if you did a trait just from their UK years and their UK numbers. You'd maybe have, I mean, Rajon Rondo would certainly be drafted. Maybe Joe Crawford. Yeah. Maybe Randolph Morris, but I'm, no, probably not. I mean, but who in the last decade? But Crawford's numbers can also be skewed by the fact that he was on some teams Bad with teams, less, yeah. Yeah, less weapons. Right? He was a good player. You can say the same thing about Adam Morrison, maybe to the point where he was scoring more points because, or even James Harden, too. I mean, I don't know everybody was on Arizona State around him. I'm sure it wasn't the most loaded team. I don't remember even going to the tournament. I think they maybe made the tournament once in his two years there. But, you know, still, I mean, an impact player, whether his numbers are bad, I mean, Beasley put up big numbers. Durant's numbers would have been skewed if he'd been on a more talented team as well. I mean, but it's still, you, the talent's talent, where the numbers sometimes can lie a little bit. Yeah, so we'll, we'll wait to get the votes, and we have to wait for next week to see who was the, the winner of this all-decade team. It is fun to do. You should do this stuff with your friends over a few beers. Uh, <laughs> next week, is the schedule may be a little bit complicated. I have to head to... Charlottesville, Virginia, UVA for the NBA Top 100 camp. So I'm not sure exactly when I'll be able to get shows in. Sounds like a fun trip. Uh, it's it's a long drive. It is, how, but it how, is my favorite. How far is Charlottesville from here? It's actually seven hours, which you think would probably be longer because you have to drive through all through West Virginia yeah, and all through that. the I know uh, that drive. But it, 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 it still takes a while because it's just the same thing. Now, it's just mountains and mountains seven and Seven hours. Is that, now, you're still you're young enough because seven hours can be one stretch. You don't have to stop halfway. Oh, yeah. Right? You're, hopefully, you're still young enough where seven hours can be one stretch. Anything anything not, anything not less, not more than 12 hours I can do in one stretch. Uh, Longest stretch I've done straight is 12 hours. Anyways, it will be uh, – it's actually my favorite event of the year because you, you, get, you get a ton of players. Right now I kind of did a preliminary list of people I'm going to interview with some general Kentucky interest. 
the list was 30 people. Uh, so, and I'm going by myself. It's going to be, it's going to be trouble. Uh, so the schedule next week will be a little bit different. Hopefully we will, uh, we'll figure something out. And besides that, what we're going to talk about next week is we're going to start focusing on the NBA draft, which I'm really excited about. It's been a fun time out at Valley View Golf Club. They've got so much going on out here. You need to check it out. They're even going to let me go out on the course and play. So that's how no, that's how you know they're good people. They were uh, going to let me, Nick, but they saw the Periscope video of me hitting the ball yesterday. They did. <laughs> they told me I've been canceled. I'm no longer allowed to go on the course. They've today. got great twilight rates <laughs> summer during the summer, during the week, and again, go to valleyviewgolfclub.org and they've got everything that you need there it's a fun website just go check it out anyways Uh, but thanks so much for having me out here valley view and uh, thanks everybody for listening we'll see you on monday 1450 the sports bus